Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 154, and I sat down with Sean Ryan. He is a former CIA, former Navy SEAL, and he currently owns and operates Vigilance Elite. And he trains uh, people in weaponry uh, and uh, know-how and just general good sense and things when it comes to all things weapons. Uh, he, in fact, is used a lot for movie sets to train actors. And most recently, he uh, has made headlines himself because he trained Keanu Reeves for the John Wick film. So very cool and interesting guy. Uh, I was really happy that he took the time to, to sit down and chat with me. Usual stuff, uh, social media, Hey Human Podcast, you know how to find it at this point probably. Um, you can also find my personal stuff at Susan Ruthism. HeyHumanPodcast.com is the website. And as always, every episode has tons of links on the links page. And this episode is no different. And in fact, I do recommend you checking out um, Sean's YouTube channel. It's pretty cool. Uh, and there's a link to that there on heyhumanpodcast.com. You can email me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. See how simple I make things? <laughs> um, and also on the website, you'll find the Amazon portal. So if you shop Amazon, you click on that portal and do your shopping. It helps support Hey Human and uh, helps me to keep the show ad-free, which is certainly a goal. Um, what else? Uh, yesterday was my birthday. And that was exciting. At least I think yesterday was my birthday because I'm recording this a week in advance. Yep, for sure two days ago was my birthday. So let's just cut that. My birthday was a couple days ago and that was fun. I am in Seattle with my family and uh, I'm really enjoying this this time with them. So that's that's really great. I hope everybody is having a wonderful spring and... Um, not gonna lie, this message is pre-recorded, so if something horrible happened in the world during this week and I'm not addressing it, it's only because I don't know what happened yet. So hopefully nothing happens. I'm gonna hope for a really nice, lovely week of no bad things. Um, let's see what happens. All right, well, uh, that's enough of that. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, here we go. Sean Ryan, welcome to Hey Human. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I learned about you through a mutual friend, Anthony, and uh, he told me all about, he, he said, you gotta look at this YouTube, it's so crazy, and it was uh, one of you shooting firearms and instructing other people. Oh, know. okay. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting, and he told me a bit of your background, so you are former Navy SEAL, mm -hmm. and uh, um, the CIA, they hired you to go into places where... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I want to start kind of way back. Where did where'd you grow up? I grew up uh, kind of all over. My oh, dad yeah? was a pharmacist, and he would go around and clean up pharmacies that had a mess. Oh, and, like uh, buy them out and <clears throat> stuff, you mean? Or? No, it would be like hospitals that are having problems. Huh. And uh, so he would fix it, and then another hospital would hire him to go clean up their mess so we were bounced around all over the place and then but i grew i guess from seventh grade to when i left for the navy was uh small town missouri chillicothe missouri oh that is small town yeah yeah you've been there 
know, but I know that I've been to, you know, I've yeah. been to those areas and stuff. And I've driven across this country so many times, and I like going different directions every time. Yeah. And seeing all the little small towns and, <laughs> you know, population 12 <laughs> yeah. kind of thing where everybody knows everybody's business. Actually, I enjoy that. Um, do you think that having you guys move around so much helped you to be more adaptable? I mean, I imagine that sort of starts the foundation to to be able to do what you did later in life. Mm, I mean, I didn't really know any different. So yeah. But it teaches you to read people, and so you, you know, you have to make friends fast and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it probably helped. Yeah. But. Why did you go into the Navy? What drew you to that? Uh, I just wanted to be a SEAL. It's, so you specifically went in going, this is my goal, and I'm going to do that. Yeah, I wanted to be special operations, and uh, kind of like I was all into the Vietnam movies when I was a kid, and then I think I started off, I wanted to be a Marine, and <clears throat> the Marine recruiter wouldn't let me be a force recon guy, and it was like, oh, no, you got to go to the infantry first, and... That was, I just wasn't having it. And then I went to the Army and wanted to be Green Beret, and they were like, nah, not having it. And then the Navy, you had to put all this time in before you could try out for the best, and uh, the Navy recruiter kind of stuck his head out and was like, hey, uh, you know, you want to be a SEAL? And I was like, well, what the hell is that? And uh, he gave me some material and went home and, read up and watched all the Discovery Channel specials and said, yeah, I'll do it, you know. And that's, it's for people that don't know, Navy SEAL is the elite uh, force within the Navy. They're, yeah. Uh, the special they're, forces they're the within. the special operations uh, unit for, for, for the Navy. And what kind of training, I know, you know, that you have to go through for something like that, besides probably weighing you down with lots of weights and throwing you into an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of things do you have to go through? Uh, I mean, you start first. You have to go to just a basic training, and uh, which I mean, it's like nothing compared to that. And then you back then you had to go to a they call it an A school, which is like the Navy kind of picks all the jobs that they have a shortage on. Mm -hmm. So it's either the stuff that's you get a score really high on your test to get into, or the stuff that nobody wants to do and um <clears throat> so i scored pretty high so i chose uh something that was better in case i didn't make it through and uh knocked that out for like two months finished that school then i got to go to buds which is uh basic underwater demolition uh school meaning Seal you training. forget to blow things up underwater yeah which probably is when you think about it, it and the idea, considering how water displaces things, it, it's just such a weird thought to me to, to try and blow things up underwater. Yeah. It seems like the pressure of the water would make things very difficult to... That works. So then, then you go to Buds and you have like a five-week end dock, which is kind of like just getting your feet wet. That You really don't do much. And then you hit, uh, they call it one-one day. And Buds is broken up into three phases, so... First phase is, uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of just like a kick, a kick in the nuts for, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, a couple months. And that's when you go through Hell Week and 
they're basically just trying to get you to quit. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to weed out all the people that just don't have it mentally or physically. And then you get through you get through that and you go to dive phase, which is second phase. And that's you start off with that and that's also kind of a kick in the nuts. Um they put you on open circuit, which is like what you see scuba divers doing with the bubbles coming up mm-hmm. and um, get you comfortable with the dive equipment. And you start off in the pool and they kind of kick the shit out of you under there. And have, Did you dive before you had done that? No. No. Okay. No. So you're learning everything from scratch. Yeah. Which is probably the best way to do it. Because you don't learn anything wrong. Yeah. Right. And then, um, so you go through this big, they call it uh, pool comp, which is like a week-long um, test mm. of um, the open circuit stuff. And then if you make it through that, then you go to, you move to closed circuit, and um, which are, you start diving rebreathers, which is like a dive rig that kind of recycles your oxygen so no bubbles come up. Oh, so you can be stealthy? Yeah. Yeah. And then you start learning how to navigate underwater and uh, in the dark and you're planting bombs on ships and... How in the world do you navigate underwater? That is crazy to me. Yes. Is it a memory sort of device where your brain sort of maps out? Kind of. I mean, there's a lot to it, but you basically have like this little, they call it an attack board. And it's just got a little compass on it. And um, you have you plan your bearings out according to how the tide's moving. And you have to know your kick count. So, like, I think my kick count was like 66 kicks was like 100 meters. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, so, yeah, you, you, you plan everything out on a map, on a nautical chart. And it's, you know, you might do... A thousand yard leg and then you have to read you know uh it whatever bearing and then you get you 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 kind of keep a tally of your kicks every hundred meters put a little mark on there with like a grease pen mm-hmm. pencil and then reset your bearing and i don't know maybe the next leg's 500 it, a different bearing and you get there and then and are you constantly having to readjust? Because I imagine you start to fatigue after a while, and then you go from 66 kicks maybe to 60 kicks, yeah. and it throws everything off. It's and horrible. How much you weigh versus what you ate that day. Yeah. And You've really got to, I mean, it takes a long time to kind of get it down. And yeah. You never really get perfect. Sure. I mean, Were you a strong swimmer before you started? I was not a strong swimmer, but I was really comfortable in the water. Yeah. So... I had that, which is probably a lot more important than being a strong swimmer. Confidence? Yeah. Yeah, I would think. Absolutely. Uh, so um, before you jump ahead to the next phase, on in the first phase, as you were talking about, and we've all seen those movies where the, the sergeants and things and, you know, yelling at people, calling them maggots, making them leave, <laughs> or whatever the movie stylizes it as. But... The test of your will, the fortitude of a person, it, it must be really fascinating for yourself to sort of realize what your own limits and potential are. Yeah. And I'm sure you saw people break. Yeah, I saw, I think, 
Man, we started out, I can't even remember, but it was over, it was like 200 and something people mm. uh, started. And I think when we got out of Hell Week, it was about 30 of us, 30 something left. And uh, you see a lot of, a lot of people break. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Did you have any inner mantras, something to keep you from reaching that point? Or were you just built for that kind of thing? No, nobody's built for it. Um, my thing that kept me going is I just didn't want to, uh, let my parents know that I failed. Mm. I was only 18. Which and, is another thing, 18, you know, you barely know who you are. Yeah. And to be put through that, it's, it's almost, um, in a, in a, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like in a way it's, it's like being sent off to the monastery and learning to be. <clears throat> like a Sufi or a monk of some sort where you have to have such discipline. Yeah. You just, I don't know, you know, that's just, I wanted to do it. And yeah. Mind over matter. I didn't want to let anybody down. And uh, Did I'm, you have siblings in the military? Or no, I was, uh, I'm the oldest and uh, the only one that went. Okay. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's tough, you know, as I think I was actually 19 when I showed up to Bud's, but um, you see like Golden Globe boxers and Olympic swimmers and um, guys that were on D1 scholarships and what's that? I don't know Division that. One schools, oh, like okay, football yeah. players uh -huh. and water polo players sure. and rugby and they're like, "Where's the horse?" <laughs> yeah, and there were guys that had already been to war and back. Yeah, that were you know, with infantry units or, mm. uh, we had a couple of Marine recon guys in there and a lot of them quit, you know, and there I am like a skinny little 19 year old kid <laughs> going, holy shit, if that guy quit, then, uh, I'm not going to make it. And, uh, but I, you know, I just wound up making it. But some part of you must have known that you were going to. Yeah. I mean, I just... The sheer force of, I'm always fascinated by that human condition, that sheer force of will to make it through something. I mean, it's so easy to beat yourself up and like, oh, I can't do this. But as soon as you put that in your brain, you're done. Yeah. That's it. You're over. Yeah. But if you have this sort of, you know, you know your own drill sergeant ramming through your brain, you know, I yeah. guess it, it keeps you going. Yeah. I mean, they're not there to be your buddy, though. They're there. They want like they're trying to get you to quit because mm. they want to weed all the out sure so can you switch um this is maybe a dumb question but if you say we're in the army and then one day you're like okay i retired from the army and now i want to go into the navy can you do that or is it you're one and that's it um or do you know I've i mean i know you, you can switch but i think you actually i think you have to out process and then and then re-enlist. Okay, re yeah, so you can retire something and then do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, I always wondered that. It's very interesting. So you must have been just high as a kite when you graduated. Like, holy shit, I can't believe I did this. Yeah. 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 It was uh, It was a pretty good feeling. Do they send you off right away, or do you have some time to process, meaning off to whatever crazy adventure they're going to send you on? Well, that's just buds, and then so... You go through the three phases of buds, and then, <clears throat> and then um, you go straight to jump school, which oh. is in uh, to start jumping out of planes, which is actually it's an army school, 
and that's about a month. Is and that Ranger School? No, it's, it's different. No, it's just they call it Airborne School, and you go there and uh, for a month to jump out of planes, and then as soon as you're done with that, then you go back to San Diego for SQT, which is SEAL qualification training, which is more. Um, it's kind of like buds, but it's more of a gentleman's course. You're not getting your the shit knocked out of you all the time. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's more of a learning environment, you know. I mean, there's still like a lot of pressure and very high stress, but um, they're more focused on on making sure that you get the material. They're not there to try to weed anybody out anymore. They already know that you, you have what it takes, and so I, they're kind of polishing you up and turning mm -hmm. you new into turning you into a, a special operator. So. Are you learning a foreign language all along? So that, or? No. 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 Okay. No foreign languages yet. And um, so that's about, that whole process takes about a year, but it's, you know, it's every day. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of <laughs> yeah. training. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot. And when you graduated, then... Then what happens? When you graduated uh, from SQT, then you get your SEAL Trident and they assign you to a team. So um, all the odd numbers are on the West Coast, all the even numbers are on the East Coast. And you get to pick, you, you, they give you like top three choices of what team you want to go to. What does that mean, what team is in? So before, like kind of pre-9-11, they had, each team had like a specific area that they operated in. So like SEAL Team 4 was all South America and SEAL Team 3 was CENTCOM, which is uh, Middle East. SEAL Team 2 was UCOM. SEAL Team 1, I think, was PACOM, which is like Philippines and Thailand and... Um, Did you have a preference? I, yeah, I wanted to go to four because I wanted to do the uh, the uh, drug trafficking stuff down in South America. But um, when I got through that, that all that shit went away. <clears throat> so and everybody was heading to the war zones. Mm -hmm. So I wound up at Team Eight and then went over to Team Two. Okay. But. So you've prepared for all of this. You've had the training. It's nothing like being there in real life, I'm sure. And how many times have you gone overseas and to missions? And Twenty something. Twenty something. Yeah. Thank you for your service, by the way. I should have gotten that one right You're out of the gate. Um, is that annoying when people say that to you, or is it? I mean, you just never really. No, it's not annoying. It feels good. Yeah. But it, you just never know what to say. Yeah. You know, it's like. Do you say, my pleasure? Do you say, you're welcome? And then, uh, you know. It is a weird interchange between civilian and military person, I think, because from my side as a civilian, when I see somebody that's in the military, I want to say thank you because they're doing something that I'm not doing, obviously, and that helped protect my life and, and doing all this stuff. But then you feel like sort of, 
almost intrusive or something and I don't know, it's this weird sort of moment and then I see the look on the, the military person's face like, ah, oh, shit, now I gotta say something yeah. too and there's this like moment of like, ah! I think, <laughs> I always wonder, you know, like, you always wonder if you know if the person that's saying thank you for your service knows why they're saying thank you and then it's like, I have, like, with me personally, I have, like, this little flash in my head that's like, if I could just take, like, a little five-second reel out of my head and put it into your head mm. so that you know why you're thanking me, mm. then it would become, like, very real. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me when... It is, to me, unimaginable to think about the things that you have likely seen or experienced along with your brothers and sisters in arms. And... And so I think about that sort of thing. How do you, but how do you thank somebody for that, really? Yeah, without, I don't know. Yeah, know. I don't know either. I but mean. Uh, it does feel good, you know, to say it. So, yeah. when, you know, like when you hear it, you're like, oh, well, that, you know, yeah, it's cool. When you went into the military, was that part of it? Like, I want to do something for my country and, and my countrymen. And you know what I mean? Or was it more... I want to go have this grand adventure, or was it sort of a little bit of everything? I think it was a little bit of everything, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of ways to serve the country. You of know? course. But, uh, yeah, I just, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be, you know, part of an elite unit, and I wanted to feel that high stress, and I'm, I just, it just really appealed to me. Had you been an adrenaline person as a teenager? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I can't even imagine jumping. I'm kind of a pussy. I can't imagine jumping out of a plane. It like, freaks me out so much. Yeah, it freaks me out too. I still hate it. So I don't know why anybody would want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Right. But, uh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so um, when you land on your first mission and you're going to, I know, I know you probably can't talk about some things and some things you can, but I'm, I, I am interested in like what, what's going through your mind. What, what are you thinking about? Like, holy shit, this is real. There's no more drills. There's no. Yeah, I mean it's exciting because you just uh, you go you do so much training and you're just preparing and preparing and training and training and training and training and training for every possible scenario and every environment and then when the first one comes it's like holy shit like this is it this is this is what we've been doing all this shit for you know and uh, all the blood sweat and tears and time and all that and and it's like oh man like this is about to happen and it's the best feeling in the world I mean, it's like, oh, uh, like the anxiety leading up and and uh, just knowing, you know, what could happen is, mm -hmm. is, it's just, you're nervous, you're scared, you're excited. I mean, it's, it's like a whole bunch of emotions all wrapped up into one feeling and it's just, uh, you gotta pee a lot. <laughs> Yeah, you're nervous. I mean, it's <laughs> at like, least it's peeing. If yeah, you end up pooping, you're like, you're like, oh, this man, is I not gotta, gonna work out. I have a lot of gear on right yeah. now. <laughs> like I got, I gotta pee, and everybody does. And it's like, and then five seconds after you pee, you're like, oh man, I gotta pee again. Oh man. And then you get on the helicopter, and it's like, oh, I gotta pee. 
then you get off the helicopter and it's like oh man i got but um <laughs> and then it's just like that all the way until like you're in it and um then you don't have time to think about peeing probably no it's just and then once it happens you know if, if anything does happen it's like everything uh it's just kind of like it's almost like it's just like everything slows down it's kind of weird sure. but um like a car accident well you're more in control yeah. when i would think i mean yeah. you're in control but not in control because you can't you have no idea what everybody else is you know what your team is doing but you don't know what the thing you're going into is doing yeah. that's the unknown yeah i mean it's not always as unknown as you'd think mm -hmm. but um it's uh it's pretty it's just it's a good feeling you know and it really is like you're out there doing what you've been waiting to do for years and then it finally is like right in front of you and uh so how do you wrap your head around the idea that uh, what I'm about to do could end in my demise immediately? And the people I love. I mean, because you come up with these people and they're your, I mean, it's like, a, it's tighter than family, I would imagine. There's a yeah. bond. When you have to put yourself in someone else's hands, because that's what you're all doing with each other, right? And yeah. So how do you wrap your head around, I mean, I could drive to the market and, you know, get hit by a car and die. Fine. I mean, we face that every day, whatever. Kind of different. Yeah. You know, how do you wrap your head around that? How do they prepare <clears throat> you for that? Well, I mean, it's just kind of like, that's why buds isn't, uh, that's why it's so hard. And that's why like the, the shit that they put you through is like that never quit, you know? And that's why, that's why it is so hard because they get rid of all the people that are like, ah, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, you know damn well that could happen before you ever go, you know, before you ever even sign up and enlist. <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah, it scares the hell out of you, but it could happen. And, I mean, but you're doing what you want to do. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and so is the guy next to you, and, and uh, I mean, I've lost more friends than I can count, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, they did want to be doing that, and... Uh, sort of dying, doing what you love yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird concept to wrap your head around. Somebody <clears throat> dying for something that, that they believe in. The idea of honor, death, you know, death and honor being intertwined is such a weird concept. Yeah. You know, do you have any missions that you're allowed to tell? I know that stuff probably is classified mostly, but. I mean, I guess uh, <clears throat> a big thing we were doing in Iraq uh, back in 05 was like these counter, like these, we would. The army, we, they, they, I'm sure you know what an ID is. It's mm -hmm. an improvised explosive device, and you know they have vehicles and suicide bombers and roadside bombs, and, but they're all IEDs. And <clears throat> back in '05 was kind of like the heyday for those. They had just developed this new one that called the EFP, which was um, <clears throat> they were putting them on like these infrared sensors and. Um, I'd blow a hole through a vehicle and it would basically the pressure would suck the guys right out the hole that it makes 
and um, like on an airplane or something. Wow. Uh, no, on vehicles. No, I know, but but the way you would get sucked out of an airplane yeah, if there was a oh, kind of, but it'd be you know, <clears throat> yeah, turns you into mush. And yeah. um, anyways, this was a huge uh, deal <clears throat> back then, and so we were attaching to like regular army units uh, who were getting hit over and over, same several times a week and just losing guys left and right and so we would go in and like help them kind of teach them how to like set up a mission and and uh kind of like run some surveillance and figure out where it's coming from and who's doing it and blah 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 and then we would teach them a bunch of sniper shit and we would bring them out on missions and i remember the first one uh that we did <clears throat> We grabbed these, I mean, they, they were like kids. And uh, I guess I was a kid too, but they were like, some of these guys weren't even 21 yet. And we trained them up and they were getting hit. I remember every single Wednesday they were getting, they were, a vehicle was down or they were getting, somebody was dead. And uh, so we had created this whole target package and brought these guys in with us. And, uh, Taught them everything from planning all the way up to execution. And uh, we brought them out and we killed those dudes within 24 hours. The ones that were attacking him? Yeah, we killed the the, uh, the uh, IED placers within 24 hours. And I remember seeing those guys' faces. They were just like so excited and uh so happy that we got them because they'd fucking taken so many of their guys out <clears throat> and uh yeah i wound up just being like two dipshits on a moped that were basically getting bar money every wednesday because thursday is the big holiday over there and so they would go place every wednesday get paid some chump change so they could you know go party on thursday night uh, we lit them up and anyways, uh, came home and, uh, we ran into those guys, the same guys at the end of the deployment. I remember we were just sitting at, uh, chow hall and there was like, the ones you helped, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, me and like three of my buddies, seals were sitting at a chow hall and we were just like days from leaving, coming back home, deployments over. And those guys walked in, and we had been bouncing all over Iraq. And um, they walked in, and they were like, holy shit. And um, we talked to them, and they're like, they had not lost one more person. Oh, wow. And I can't remember how many uh, bad guys they had killed since we were there. And this is only maybe like three months later. And um, they, had, they had new gear. They had a new commanding officer that was um like giving them extra funding and letting them kind of run their own deal and it was just like the best feeling in the world like mm -hmm. that we were able to pass our knowledge on to them in a real short amount of time and how many american lives were saved just just from that did the military take notice of that and send you in to train other teams as well yeah, but we were actually bouncing around. We had trained several teams. Yeah. And okay. um from different units. 
And uh, but those are the only guys that we ever like. We would always go out, would train them, blah blah blah, go out, kill, um, you know, the bad guys and or yeah, the terrorists, and then uh, come back. But then we would never see those guys again. Right. And uh, it was just kind of happenstance brought them back around for you. Yeah, yeah, it was just cool to see the very first guys that we did train were the last, and we just luckily ran into them, you know, mm -hmm. right before we were out, and to see like how effective they were now, and the fact that they're, you know, able to create a target package and execute it, and and keep saving lives is just, it was really. Yeah. Meaningful. Yeah. So it's so interesting to think that, like, if we were born across the world, this, how the different paradigms of everything, it's just so bizarre to me. The idea of, like, the good and bad and, you know, these people are, uh, what they're, like, the Al-Qaeda and stuff, like, how they treat women and how, you know, all the things that they're doing and then in their minds that they've, like, oh, no, this is how it's supposed to be and... It's yeah. just, it's weird to wrap your head around humanity when it's, it seems like we'll never figure it out sometimes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a different world over there and that's definitely a different way of thinking. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've read some books, like I read Sebastian Younger's book, War, and I remember just being, just reading that book was so, so traumatizing. And I think... I mean, if that's just reading it, I can't. I can't even begin to imagine what it would be like. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, how do you how I, how does one like how do you come home and be normal? How do you like fall in love and like watch your children grow up and like see people without being like I don't know what's going on in a given moment, or is that always going to be with you forever? You know. I mean, it's not exactly like that. You know. It's not, I don't, I mean, some guys get like the over paranoia type stuff, but sure. um, that's not really the main thing you deal with coming back. It's, it's, uh, it's more, you're not getting that fix of adrenaline because it's like the adrenaline is kind of like a drug and like the desensitizing because of what you've seen over and over and over and over and what you've done over and over and over that's kind of what starts to take a toll is is that <clears throat> is that stuff it's not for me it was not the over paranoia i mean yeah there's things that i can pick up um and spin into something but i know it's probably just you know i'm like yeah oh, well you know we're not in fucking Baghdad anymore so um <clears throat> but like something I don't know I always know if somebody's following me or if I see somebody three times at a mall that you know they say like one time's fine twice is a coincidence three times something's up yeah it's not a coincidence that's a good thing for women to know I think especially yeah but for sure Sometimes that shit just happens, you know. Yeah. Like sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Yeah. Like Freud said. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, I don't know. You know, it took it takes a long time to come back, and and um, I don't know if I'll ever fit in, but uh, to kind of readjust. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, because just having a regular conversation with somebody, from your perspective, it's going to be like, there's no, way, there's no way you could explain to me what that was like. There's just no words for it, probably. You can do the best you can, but I can only understand it through what I've seen and done. Yeah. And so there's a depth that I will never grasp. So yeah. that does, I imagine that must be very alienating in, in a way. To like know that everyday people are I have no freaking clue, you know. It is. It's it's. Sometimes it bothers me, but you know, and and but when I think about when I start um, feeling like that, you know, I mean, that's kind of like why you're serving. Like, not everybody is supposed to see that shit. Supposed to experience that shit, and uh, it's not good for you. And. Um, you just got to keep that in mind. Like, you went to do that to serve. Like, it was voluntary. And uh, that's, you know, that is why people say, you know, thank you for your service because, you know. <laughs> that was, but, yeah, it was a hell of a decision to make to do yeah, it. Yeah. But. For but sure. The public wasn't, they're not supposed to see that. They're not supposed to experience it. They're not you know, supposed right. to be out there doing that. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so you just got to keep that in mind. Now you help people that are coming. I, I read a little bit through your bios and stuff. I kind of bounced around the internet and to find things. And uh, it said that you do help people to make that when they're coming back from their deployments and things to help them reintegrate into whatever normal is. Yeah. And is that a, is that a big thing that you do? Is it like a side thing that you do or... Uh, it started off as like a main thing and like when I was when I left CIA I didn't really know what the hell I was gonna do and uh, I was in pretty bad shape and how how do you mean I was on pills and hmm. drinking and no sleep and fights and I, it was just feeding back that adrenaline a thing complete mess yeah and uh, my family had uh, relationships had all gone to complete shit. Most of my friends uh, has gone to shit. And um, I met this lady out of Boston and she really helped me and my friend. And I didn't have anything going on and I saw, I mean, she saved our lives. has saved his life several times. And um, I was like, shit, I got to get involved in she like really makes a difference hmm. and uh i had been involved with a lot of other organizations but there's just so many veteran nonprofit organizations that are just bullshit you know it's just a uh a tax shelter or you know publicity stunt or or whatever they don't actually give a shit about what they say they're doing they just it's all about the money or whatever you know there's their real agenda is and um this one wasn't like that you know and uh it was like very apparent so i jumped on board right away and i started reaching out to all the guys i knew that were coming back or getting out or you know and, and getting them ready to to talk i was basically just spreading the word yeah. And um, can you say what the organization is? It's Veterans Advocacy Services by uh, Peggy Matthews. Is she started it, and uh, it's out of Boston, and uh, she's just 
she's like a fucking angel. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Peggy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I was able to link a lot of people together um, that kind of made what she was doing. I don't know if more effective is the right way, but she was able to reach a lot more people and um and i think it made things a lot more efficient so and then once that was uh, done i mean the once i got that ball rolling i just as much as i wanted to stay on there there was really not anything left for me to do so uh and i could see that so and it kind of sucked taking a step back but i was just like hey i did my part I connected these dots hmm. and um saved some lives yeah, yeah now i'm just in the way because was it 22 veterans commit suicide a day yeah something I mean, like that it's super high yeah yeah um i and i had a conversation do you know who rachel caden is she's I doing know. she's a brit she's doing a documentary um about her friend kevin who uh passed away he committed suicide and he was in the british infantry and uh, we had a long talk and, you know, the thing, the thing of it is where, you know, our expectations of a service person when they go overseas and all the things that we are requiring of them and then to abandon them full, fully when they come back, yeah. you know, and their need. And, and we're okay with them helping us, but then we don't turn around and help them. It seems like there's a huge disconnect for the powers that be to understand why that is so wrong on so many levels. Yeah. So I'm glad that people like Peggy exist. You know, yeah. She is a lifesaver. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And, um, yeah, going down. I mean, you know, it's a little, it's just hard, you know, like, um, and I still get, I just had a friend die, uh, in January. I'm sorry. And, uh, he got blown up in Syria and uh <clears throat> there's not a direct connection between you and anybody that died over there you know maybe and uh so it's hard for you to like feel you know like if your dad or somebody you loved or whoever you know dies in a car accident there's not a direct connection so I don't really feel that you know and and um it's hard, you know, when when so many of your friends die over there, you see people just like, oh, yeah, well, whatever, man, I'm going to fucking barbecue on Veterans Day. or Oh, don't or, even get me started you know I mean? about like, it's that. Just like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, damn it. Like, it just makes me cringe. Or yeah. like the VA, I mean, that that, that whole thing is a complete fucking yeah it's a disaster i and i get really i'm not gonna lie i get so mad whenever i see a veterans day sale i it it burns me up inside yeah it's a oh god that's a mess let's change tax a little bit how did the cia how did you come to be a part of the cia situation what was that oh so when i left uh the seal teams i I had no clue what the hell I wanted to do when I got out, and and uh, how many years had you done that? Six years. Okay. And uh, that's just, extra long, right? Because normally it's four. No, or no. Is it just depend? Most, most guys that go in there are doing like ten. Oh, okay. Fifteen. Do you have to re up every time, or is it? I extended because okay. I, I wanted to uh, 
I wanted I had done Afghanistan. I wanted to go to Iraq and uh, kind of get it on over there. So I extended um, to do it. <clears throat> so anyway, so I got out after that. After Iraq, I was done. And uh, I went to school. I became a real estate agent. Oh, really? Yeah. I went. Uh, that must have been a surreal switch. Oh, I was, I was horrible. <laughs> I was like the worst real estate agent ever. And uh, I just had no people skills. You're like, and this room holds 15,000 AK 47s. Yeah. <laughs> They're no, like, what? It's like, I mean, I just I was like, yeah, there's a bathroom, there's a kitchen. So you want to buy this fucking place or what? And um, so that didn't, because I pretty much crashed and burned there. Oh, God. And, um, Went to school, couldn't handle that, and I uh, was just, you know, I went, there's kids coming out of high school, and they're still shooting spit wads and playing the class clown shit, and I just couldn't handle it, you know, I'm, I wanted to learn, and anyways, that didn't work out, and I went, jumped into a fire academy, and that didn't work out either. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, while I was in the fire academy, uh, I had a buddy who I was I had served with in Afghanistan. who was also a SEAL. Told me about contracting, and and uh, he he was like, "Oh, you gotta try this," you know. And uh, but he wouldn't tell me anything who I was with, or he was just like, "You gotta come out, give me a resume, and we'll put it in. They're gonna have to run you an entire new clearance." Mm -hmm. And uh, I was. You know, which confused me because I was like, well, I, don't, I already have a clearance. Why and he's like, yeah, but this is a different one. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I didn't he hear wearing, anything. like the Mr. Potato Head glasses and mustache? It was a phone call. Yeah, it was a phone call. And I was just like, well, you can't. I mean, I kind of like assumed. I was like, well, it's got to be like one of the agencies, you know, one of the three-letter ones. And um, so I was like, you know. First, I thought it was just Blackwater, and I, I didn't want anything to do with that because I'd seen those guys over there, and I just didn't like what I saw. And uh, he said, "No, it's nothing like that. Everybody on here is from spe special operations. They at least have to have, you know, six years." Which so I just made the cut, and mm -hmm. he's like, "Just try out." He's like, "If you make it," which he's like, "It's tough," and. He's like, the pay's awesome, the guys are awesome. He's like, the mission's awesome for the most part. And uh, I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll try it. And um, yeah, I went, and uh, there was about, I think there was 30-something of us, and uh, like single digits, I think there was five that made Passed. it through. And, was it uh, harder than SEAL training? No, no, it wasn't. It was... Mm. It wasn't easy, but was nothing even in the grand scheme of things. It was not even close to SEAL training. It was kind of like you just show up and perform, and if you can perform, then you're in. So, and it was about a month mm. long, but you don't really know much about the standards they're just kind of like giving you all these little tests and it's kind of like well just um 
do it best you can, you know, and, and, uh, no, they wouldn't tell you anything. They would just sit there and write shit down on a clipboard. And, uh, then at the end of the day, it's, it's like, oh, well, I guess I made it for another day, you know, and, uh, until the end. And then at the end, when you get through everything, um, is when they give you like your kind of like your in brief like welcome to cia and uh <laughs> so which was kind of cool you're like oh shit you know this is pretty neat yeah like, it's not what i thought it was going to be but whatever man i'm in yeah so <clears throat> i did that for about nine years and uh it was sort of like the dossier shows up on your doorstep and you read it and then go off to some interesting place is it's it? pretty close to that yeah to be honest with you like um your name is frank smith and you're from <laughs> it is yeah you got a cover you got yeah uh all that kind of shit depending on where you're going and yeah <laughs> you fly in you get a brief and then you're out the next day and do uh, they in the cia training do they teach you about uh, morphing into different kinds of people. I watched this really fascinating video by a CIA woman, a former CIA operative, and she said, you know, a thing that people don't understand is you, depending on where you're from, even the way you stand shows whether or not, like uh, she said, an American, for example, tends to lean on one leg or another, whereas a Brit will stand on both legs. And I thought, mm -hmm. wow, isn't that fascinating? She was talking about, you know, don't get don't get pickpocketed in Europe by looking like an American, you know, look like a European, look like a, a yeah. Brit kind of thing. And it, I was like, wow, that's really fascinating. And then they showed, of course, the makeup and all that and how people would morph into all these different characters. Yeah. It's freaking crazy. It's pretty cool. I mean, I most of us don't get like that in depth, but um, because, I mean, you really have to study, you know, to be able to do that so instead of doing what she's talking about which <clears throat> i mean that's probably more espionage stuff or something well i mean it's kind of like cloak and dagger you just have to if you're going to go that in detail like just think of all the shit that she's missing and we would see that all the time with people who like claim to know all that kind of stuff really and it's all bullshit yeah. So <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, maybe it like really one or two people though. could do it, but there's so much shit that they're missing. Like, I'll just give you an example. We, you know, we would use, you know, CIA's everybody. It's women, guys. Sure. And, uh, and we would be pulling like huge surveillance things and uh, with, you know, with big teams of, you know, men and women and sometimes women wear like the burkas, which is like the yeah, you know, sure. the little ninja suits that you see over there. And we would be picking somebody up or snatching or somebody or, or doing something, you know, where we got to get somebody. And um, sometimes it's a friendly, sometimes it's not. But you would get, grab these guys and they'd be like, it's those uh, two girls that were in the hotel when I passed through there. Because it might be like a big, long route, like throughout the entire city where it's, you know, it's kind of like the movies where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Hotel 25, uh, we just had them, pass, you know, pass through here. And it's just everybody's trying to keep eyes on one person as they move along. Sure. And um, you move them through, you know, you might have them 
go to a soccer game because they have to walk through a metal detector to get into the soccer game and then they're back out of the soccer game and you're like well i know that they're not carrying something yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> but anyways he i remember this guy was like I, you know those two girls that were in the hotel and like yeah and he's like those were americans weren't they and we're like well, I don't know why do you say that. And he's like, well, they're fucking wearing that thing on the wrong side. And, you know, it's like stupid little things little like details. that that, you yeah. know, that none of us would ever pick up, you know. And it's so tribal over there. Sure. That you just never, you never know. You Isn't know that I mean? interesting? And, uh, you know, just like that, like wearing that on the left side, you know. 30 miles down the road, maybe that tribe wears it on the right. And if, you know, you, if you're out of place, it's like, well, why the hell would this person from this tribe be in this location? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh, well, they're probably Americans. Or, you know, whoever. Yeah. But, but um, so instead of trying to perfect, you know, like what the locals are doing, you don't necessarily have to look like a local. You can be a businessman or, you know, uh, whatever. A tourist. Or <clears throat> yeah. Probably not and, a lot of tourism, though. <laughs> and sure. uh, Yeah, but, I mean, you can find different covers rather than try to be something that just isn't, I mean, you know, I got a sleeve of tattoos. I don't speak a lick of Arabic. And, sure. And, uh I don't, my skin color doesn't look like that, you know, and so rather than try to be something that just isn't going to fucking work, then yeah. try to find something that you can do, you know, maybe you're a journalist and you maybe you're an American journalist and you're just trying to write a story to promote uh, some business that's over there Yeah. and they buy off on that shit all day long, yeah. you know. Because, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Because you have all, you can still use all your regular mannerisms. You're not faking anything other than just don't deviate from your. I'm a journalist. Right. Story. Yeah. You know. Which is a hell of a lot more effective because you're more in a natural state. Yeah, you don't have a ton of stuff to remember either. Yeah. Really, one false move kind of thing. Yeah. So, how long were you with the CIA? Uh, right around nine years. How does one just decide one day that that's it? Or do you have a tour of CIA duty or something like that? No, because that, uh, I was a contractor, so oh, okay. I could leave at any time. It was up to you. And and actually employees, they can leave at any time. Okay. It's not like the military. It's, you know, you could go through the farm and never even deploy and be like, yeah, you know what, I'm done. But yeah. I'll contract for you guys. I'll make 10 times the money. And... Uh, which a lot of them do. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Interesting. So where did you transition into having uh, Vigilance Elite, which is your company? Oh, uh, I... Uh, I, uh, I shouldn't say which is your company, as if you didn't know. Yeah. I really said that for them listening. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, did you know you had this company? <laughs> I almost forgot. But I... Um, when I got out in 2015 of the agency, I, I, started, I just started seeing, you know, we had all these attacks, and there was, like, a lot of them there for, you know, for a while. Big ones. You mean here on, on Homeland or over? 
See, Europe and England, okay. yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and uh, with all that, we're like these cell phone, you know, there's always like cell phone footage nowadays, and I would just see like, I think it was Belgium one that in Brussels, yeah, the airport, and um, you could just see how people were reacting when gunfire started and people were getting killed and like running toward the gunfire. Yeah, That's I mean, just like they don't yeah. know what to hide behind, they don't know anything, yeah. like nothing. They're just people are hiding behind suitcases and and um, I just kind of like the more I saw it, I was like, holy shit, man! Like people just have no damn clue what to do when this is happening, and it's happening all the time. So I, that's when I started it, and um, didn't go very good, you know. I mean, nobody when nobody thinks it's going to happen to them. How the hell, you know? You Although can't anymore, sell it. I feel like now people think it's probably going to happen to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. It's just a hard thing to sell. And like I said, I was not a people person. You know, I, just, I was like right out of the combat zones. And um, it didn't work. So I started shooting. And because uh, I noticed that, you know, not very many people know how to shoot either. Even, you know, there's all these gun owners. Boy, and uh, they don't know how to clean a gun. Nobody knows how to gun. use the damn thing. Yeah. So I started, and I was also like, well, what does everybody want to see Or operators shooting guns? And um, so I started teaching, and uh, I just guess I was a natural. I just am really good at it. And um, At teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really good at it. And... Um, so that's what I've been doing, and then I kind of grew into this whole YouTube thing, which kind of went crazy. And so you do you, do you train actors? And yeah, I wound up training Keanu Reeves for the next John Wick movie, John Wick Three. Okay, and how was that? I've not was, seen one of those movies. I know there's a lot of gun. Going that's okay. On. I hadn't seen them either. <laughs> but uh, um, now it was cool. You know, I did, I don't really get starstruck or anything so i just didn't really yeah i think he's a normal person yeah, yeah. it was cool but um and he was cool yeah. i was like kind of expecting like kind of a you know self-entitled pompous ass but um, he does not strike me as that kind of a person not at all not that i know him at all but he not seems all. way yeah. more grounded than he, that he was like very chill really cool dude now since somebody like that he's he's been in other movies where he had where he used guns so is it much easier to train someone an actor especially who has already probably had some sort of elite training in order to hold weapons and things and how to stance like the my dad is a, is a big like he makes his own bullets and all that kind of stuff and he's oh, really, really? Doing, yeah and he it makes him crazy when he sees how some actors hold their guns yeah <laughs> he's like yelling at the tv yeah <laughs> Um, I, I didn't actually teach him how to shoot. I was teaching him how to clear a room. So, hmm. and what I mean by that is like, if you see like cops getting like stacking up on a door before they make entry and then they make entry and it's all kind of like one flow. That's what I was teaching him to do. Hmm. And then, <clears throat> and I was on, but he was, uh, I mean, he's very proficient with with firearms and um like really good but 
he didn't, you know, when he bring in like realistic type stuff, like I don't, I didn't watch John Wick either until I after I it. trained him. Oh, okay. I was like, well, what am I training this guy for? <laughs> and, uh, and I looked at it and it's, yeah, it's like not realistic at all, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, it's like hyper stylized, I suppose. Yeah. That makes for good movies, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like one guy in a room killing 200 people at once and it's like, okay. But I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of American gun owners think that if, you know, all the shit breaks loose, that they singularly will take on whatever. There are a lot of those people. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's gonna not go really down. how it happens. But <laughs> if they want to live in the fantasy land, then, uh, you know, so be it. But. No, I was teaching. I would think they brought me out to make, maybe make this one a little more realistic. Did you go to Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. And um, how did they find you? That I mean. I think it was just dumb luck. I was training with the guy, Taron Butler, who trains all these stars, mm-hmm. and uh, he's kind of like the go-to guy for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And. I had called one of his products out in a video of mine that went viral, which boosted his business. And um, so I got a call asking if I want to go down there and make some videos with him. And I did. So I wound up down there. And then the next thing you know, he's like, hey, uh, Keanu Reeves is coming out tomorrow for to train for John Wood 3. Would you want to train him? And I was like, yeah, but I don't give a shit. Let's do it. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I mean, that's how it happened. How does one person clear a room of 20 or 200? They don't. They don't. They don't make it out to tell the, to, to tell the tale, that's for damn sure. Yeah, so, unless you're John Wick. Yeah, unless but, you're John Wick. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but he was very attentive, you know, and... Um, Which you should be when you're handling firearms. Yeah. I and mean, it's really, there's no room for slacking when you have a weapon in your hand. Yeah, but I just, you know, I just wasn't expecting like that. Yeah. Like, he was into it. It wasn't even like he was there for work. Like, he, like, legitimately wanted to learn it. And that sure. was that was cool. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, when you're teaching somebody that doesn't really want to listen or they let their ego get in the way and that they're a know-it-all, like, that's just a pain in the ass. But he was, he just took it all in, and uh, he was, like, the perfect student. That's cool. So, yeah, it was, I can't wait to see, you know, if they actually use any of it. <laughs> I'm sure they so, will. I'm yeah. sure, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was a cool experience, and I got a bunch of video teaching them. And Do you use, uh, this may sound like a dumb question, but I'm okay with being dumb. Uh, do you, when you are in a situation like that, and you have someone who's probably highly insured, I'm guessing, you know, um, I'm sure the studio makes sure that everything is really smooth and nobody's going to get hurt but accidents happen obviously mm-hmm. so do you do you use blanks for something like that or are you using real bullets or how do you or lasers or what are you doing yeah well actually we did not fire a round mm. so oh interesting yeah we did not fire one round and <clears throat> because they're so it looks easy but there's so much that goes into room clearances that it's all about like flow so it's like where's your gun as you're coming through the door and where is it when you come you know when you're in the middle of the doorway and what should your gun be pointed at as soon as you cross the doorway and what and all of those things so i was just teaching them kind of like 
how to flow as he's moving through. It's like Tai Chi or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is kind of something like that. And, um, so, and with that, like there's not, you don't need to be shooting. You need to learn how to move. Interesting. And, uh, so that's what I was there for was to teach him how to move and look realistic. And, and, uh, I mean, he already knows how to shoot. So. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. When does that movie come out? That's coming out like May 17th, I believe. Somewhere around there. Cool. But, yeah. So, I saw on the video for... Tell everybody how to find your... It's the, the VigilanceElite.com? Is that VigilanceElite.com. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. And there's tons of information on there. But um, you have night training and uh, the day training and you train groups and individuals. And the night training, like, out of this world. With the laser yeah. sights and things. Yeah. How do you, I guess in Tennessee, there's tons of good land to run around in the dark with weaponry. Yeah. I kind of quit doing that. Yeah. Um, I just, once I kind of saw, like, the need for just really, like, just basic fundamentals. Straightforward stuff. I just, and honestly, I just got tired of that shit. And, uh, you know, it's just not realistic. It's kind of like, the people who go to those are kind of like the end of the world like fantasy people that are like oh man like the zombies are coming and uh <laughs> the zombies are here already yeah like, <laughs> like <laughs> too late <laughs> and i'm just not really into that i'm more of a realist and so i got into teaching all women's courses and oh, uh, wow. yeah. yeah and um women are fierce warriors yeah and and uh what got me into it i had a really good friend of mine that asked me to train some of her friends and um, one of those friends was, uh, had been raped and mm -hmm. I didn't realize this until afterwards, but she sent me this email after I trained her and, uh, I think we did like four days, I think. And, uh, I mean, um, when I read that email, it was very descriptive and, 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 uh, on what happened and, and then, um, <clears throat> the um like the self-confidence that she had gotten back after and like kind of like the self-empowerment that she she had felt she's like i haven't felt this good you know since before that happened which was years ago mm -hmm. and uh when i read that and i don't want to go into too much detail but um it just was another one of those feelings that's mm -hmm. like the best fucking feeling in the world you're just mm -hmm. like holy shit man like she's holding her head higher now she's got confidence and uh and it was just really cool so i got in so i started doing all women's courses all the time and that's all fundamentals and a lot of patience but um and and to see like some of these women that are just like i mean they're knocking it out of the park now you know, and then words started getting around. And so once I started kind of getting that feeling and seeing like all these women, like, you know, get inspired and get that, that confidence back or just any confidence at all, like it, I completely shit canned all the other stuff and just started focusing on fundamentals and with guys and girls now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like my niche. I'm not trying to, 
teach the gear guys that have a, every, you know. Every gun in the book. Every gun in the book. And every and don't gun know how to book. use any of them, and they just want a bunch of toys. That is, I am, you know. so I'm a songwriter too and uh i had a co-write uh, with a, a couple people and one of the women in the co-write was talking about her gun and i said oh what kind of gun and she told me and it was like a you know a little handgun and i said oh cool i said have you taken classes she said, well i have my license and and i said well that's good i said so you know like clean it and all that kind of stuff she, she had no idea she'd never taken it apart yeah really like and i i just think that it, it's you have to really know what that thing does. Yeah. It did. People don't understand it. And, you know, they just never will. You know, like, unfortunately, like, it's it's probably going to do more harm than good, you know, because she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. But, you know. Statistically, for, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, for those that actually want to learn and want to take it seriously, like, uh, they're fucking great to teach. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Sean, this has been so interesting. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> again, the, I'm losing my voice all of a sudden. <clears throat> Excuse me. See, this is why edits are so great. <coughs> VigilanceElite.com is how they find you. Is there an email? that? Operations at VigilanceElite.com. And I'll put those links on HeyHumanPodcast.com. Thank you, Sean. Cool. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Hey there. Thanks for listening. If you got a moment, please go to iTunes and rate and review Hey Human Podcast. Thanks.